Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. Today's topic is one that comes up regularly for me in my client sessions with my private clients and especially when working with couples. Depending on if couples are newlyweds or if they have been living together for some time but have never joined finances, I do get a lot of questions around how couples should treat money as a couple once they are sharing living expenses, when they are living under the same roof, whether they're married or not, that cohabitating sharing of finances. So there's a couple of different strategies that are quite successful that I find work for different couples. Obviously, everybody's relationship is going to be different. People's earning capacity is going to be different, how much they earn as a couple versus how much they earn individually. Their living expenses are going to be different as well. So this is a generic overview of two different strategies that I find work well for different couples. And there's not to say that these are set in stone. So you can always have a different set of accounts that you use for things like holidays that you use for personal expenses, however you want to manage it. But I'm going to walk you through a couple strategies that you can use for yourselves, talk amongst your partners, grab a pen and paper because there will be a little bit of math involved, but it will be good for you to write it down and visualize it. So if you are listening while you're driving or if you're listening while you're out for a walk, definitely download this episode, save it for later and come back to it when you do have a pen and paper because then you can actually go through these calculations yourself and figure out how it would work for you and your partner. Whether you live together or not, this is a really great strategy about how you guys can share expenses. Okay, so strategy number one is the percentage-based sharing of of expenses. So I'm going to use some pretty round figures here. So for both examples, we're going to say that this couple has a monthly living expense of $5,000. So that includes things like rent, utilities, water, gas, electricity, internet for the house. Um, If you have a home phone or if you have any management fees for your building or anything like that, or it could be your mortgage payment plus the same utilities, etc. So the household living expenses is $5,000. What that doesn't include is things like eating out, shopping, entertainment, dog and cat, depending on whose dog and cat that is. Now, obviously, if you got the dog and cat together, that would be a shared household expense. But if one person brought the pet into the relationship, it's likely that that person is going to continue to pay for their expenses. So 
Let's assume that there is a $5,000 a month living expense. And as I mentioned, it could be either mortgage and utilities or rent and utilities plus all the extras. And we've got two people with different salaries. So these salaries, for examples in this case, are $70,000 and $130,000. So when we look at this from a percentage basis, what we want to do is add the two salaries together. So we're going to take $70,000 plus $130,000, which is going to give us $200,000 annually as a household income. Then we're going to calculate which percentage of the total household income does each partner earn. And that calculation is partner one earns 70,000. So we go 70,000 divided by 200,000 and that gives us a decimal. So it gives us 0.35, which is 35%. Then we're going to take the remainder and attribute that to the other partner. So 130,000 divided by 200,000 is 65% of the household income. So we've got partner one earning 70,000, which is 35% of the household income. And we've got partner two earning 130,000, which is 65% of the household income. So we know that after tax, we obviously have to incorporate tax into all of this, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today in today's episode. But we know that each month, the household living expenses are $5,000. So then we look at what percentage of that $5,000 should each partner be contributing into either the joint bank account, the joint pool of money, so that that joint pool of money can be used for the bills. So what we do then is take that 5,000, we multiply it by 0.35, which is 35%, which gives us 1750 per month. So 1,750 per month. Then we take the remainder, which is either if you want to go 5,000 minus 1750 or 5,000 times 0.65, which is the 65% that is attributed to partner two's salary, percentage of household income, that gives us 3,250. So now we've got partner one whose household percentage of household income is 35%. So the percentage of the household bills is going to be 35%. So 35% of $5,000 is 1750. So that's how much they're going to put into the joint account every month. And partner two, whose household, whose percentage of household income is 65% is going to attribute $3,250 to the household living expenses per month. So what I mean by this is we've calculated based on doing a budget exercise, and this is something I do with all of my clients, but you can either find a budget online or uh, you can find one, how to do one on YouTube. But essentially what you're looking at is you're looking at your income minus your expenses. You're taking your average of your expenses for the whole year and dividing that by 12 to figure out what your monthly expenses are. And so your monthly expenses, we assume in this scenario, are 5000 a month. So partner one contributes $1,750 a month into the joint bank account. And partner two contributes $3,250 per month into the joint bank account. And this is because they have 
unequal salaries and unequal earning. So this is strategy number one. Now this is not going to work for everybody. Some people believe in equality when it comes to financial contribution, regardless of earning capacity. That's totally fine. This is just based on one strategy of whoever earns more is going to pay more relative to their salary as a percentage of household income. So this is one way that you can do it. Now, Coming back to the the idea of the joint account, when we look at having a joint bank account for the purposes of living expenses, everyone will tell you something different in, in terms of what they believe works best for couples. Personally, the way that I see things working best for couples from a financial perspective is you each have your own individual bank accounts where your salaries get deposited into, and if you have any investment income, if you have any side hustle income, anything like that, it all goes into your personal bank accounts. Then once a month or every time you get a paycheck, you transfer in. So let's say you don't get paid monthly, you get paid every two weeks. You would divide that amount that you contribute into the joint account into two. And every time you get a paycheck, you would transfer in 50% of your portion of the living expenses into that joint account. So for example, half of $17.50, that would go into the joint bank account every time you get paid. And half of $32.50 would go into the joint account every time partner two gets paid. By doing this, you're treating it as if it's an expense that comes out of your bank account as soon as your paycheck goes in. So there's no question about when you're putting that money in, if you have enough to get by for the end of the month, one person forgets to do their payment and there's not enough money in the pool. So you want to be diligent about whether it's once a month on the same day of every month, you know, whether it's the first of the month or whatever, you both transfer in your percentage, so 1750 and 3250, or if you do it on a paycheck by paycheck basis, half of your amount for the month is going in every time you get paid if you get paid bi-weekly or um, you know, whatever the whatever the time interval is. So that's one strategy. The reason why I believe that couples should have separate bank accounts is because it provides you with the autonomy to make financial decisions for yourself. Now, some people are spenders and some people are savers. And when you start to combine all of your finances, so every dollar earned, it becomes a little bit trickier to track who's spending what and on what different things. One person may like material possessions more. Other people might like experiences or going out for drinks with friends. And if you ever separate, it can become very tricky to separate your finances. If you are both earning different salaries, different wages, you've got uh, money going into different pools for different things, it can be very tricky. Now, obviously, when we join finances and we are living with a partner, if we're married, if we're not married, we never want to think of worst case scenario of what is going to happen if we separate. However, given the fact that divorce rates are so high, given the fact that many relationships are no longer lasting longer than sort of seven to 10 years, it doesn't mean that it's impossible for relationships to last forever. And we obviously want to go in optimistically. However, it is easier and it is much smarter in many cases to keep your finances separate just for ease of calculation, 
Now, whether you and your partner want to do that or not, or if you want to go all in with your finances is completely up to you. I'm just teaching you a couple of different strategies that I've seen work for couples. So you're getting paid into your separate accounts. We'll call it once a month on the 15th of every month. You're both transferring in your respective percentages into the joint bank account. You may choose to also have a joint credit card that is linked to this bank account, in which case you can put any shared travel expenses, shared bills, any direct debits that come off of a joint account would come off of the joint credit card. Then you would use the joint bank account to pay off that joint credit card whenever that payment is due. If you start to go over the $5,000 a month and you're finding yourself falling short, you can use that same percentage to multiply by a certain number. Let's say you're $1,000 short for that month. You multiply the 35% times 1,000, so $350 and $650 for partner two so that you're topping up the bank account at the same percentage of, of what you're earning as a portion of household salary, household income. So that's strategy number one. That strategy also gives you the ability to save and spend on your personal decisions and personal choices as you see fit. So you can, obviously partner two is going to have a higher propensity to save because they're earning more. If they choose to save more towards the down payment for the family home, if they choose to pay for more of the holidays, or if you choose to continue to use this percentage model for all future expenses, then partner two is obviously going to have a little bit more disposable income that they can choose to put away for either retirement, starting a business, investing, helping family members, whatever. This model works really well because it's an easy calculation. So as a, as a percentage of household income multiplied by however the amount is that you choose to share for the month, whether it be 4,000 a month, 5,000 a month, 10,000 a month, you just multiply it by the percentage. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is regardless of how much each person makes, they equally contribute to the household. So we're going to use the same example of Salaries partner one makes $70,000 a year, partner two makes $130,000 a year. That is a total of $200,000 a year. But because they're contributing equally to the $5,000 a month living expenses, they're each putting in $2,500 per month. So on the 15th of every month, they put in $2,500 to the shared pool. They use that to pay all shared expenses then it's up to the two of them at their discretion who pays for what in terms of dinners out, holidays, whatever it is, based on how much money they each have left over. So this is a great way of looking at how you want to join your finances with your partner, having a conversation and what you both feel is fair. So some people feel that the 50-50 split is fair. Some people feel that the percentage of household income is fair because obviously if one person is earning more and they choose to live in a slightly nicer place or if they want to cover more of the groceries, things like that, then they can use the percentage model. 
With both strategies, again, I do believe that having autonomy in your finances creates a healthier relationship. It does also require trust because you don't have full access to seeing what your partner is spending their money on all the time. Whether you decide to have a monthly money date or not and you sit down and review your finances, I think is a really healthy way to sit down and understand what you're both spending. Now, a lot of people don't even feel comfortable talking to their partner about finances. This to me is a massive red flag. I think it's very important that if you are living with somebody, if you are in those more serious stages of dating, that you should be having a conversation about what you're both earning, what your debt levels are, what your income levels are as a place of transparency so that you can eventually start to work towards goals together as a unit, as a couple, as opposed to being so independent from each other that you're both managing your own money, you're both living almost separate lives, and you don't know how much the other person is spending, if they're saving, if they have a gambling problem, if they have a drug problem, if they have a spending problem, or if they are much more financially better off than you because you could be paying for things that you feel that the other person can't afford simply because they are tighter with their money. So you offer to spend your money on maybe their medical expenses when really it's a choice based on values if they're spending their own money on that or not. So I do believe that it is a very healthy conversation that when you are starting to think about living together or if you are getting serious in your relationship that you should be having a conversation about how much you both earn, what your current debt levels are, and especially before moving in. Because as we know with any relationship, when once you start living together, there is a clock that will start ticking about when you are financially responsible for the other person. And what that means is in some, in some countries, it's one year, in some countries, it's two years, in some countries, it's even a couple of months that once you're living under the same roof and sharing expenses, that if you are to separate, you are financially responsible to some degree for that other person's financial position. So if they have a large amount of debt, you may be you may be required to also inherit some of their debt. So it is absolutely a responsible conversation to have before moving in with a partner and before getting married because you want to make sure that you're going in with full transparency about knowing what each other's financial position is before going down the road of joining finances. So I hope this was helpful for you. There are obviously other strategies that you can have. You can also have... Another another strategy that I personally don't love, but you can have all of the money going into one account. Then you can pay yourselves equally, almost like an allowance to your personal account. So you each get the same amount. So you've got your one joint account and then every week, let's say 400 goes into each of your personal accounts. With that 400, you can do whatever you want with it. And if you want to save it and accumulate it, you can save it and buy something or spend something bigger on something further down the road. I personally find that this takes a lot more work and a lot more effort and can create a lot more conflict between couples, but I have seen couples do this in the past and that works for them. So you're essentially saying all the money goes into one pot. We share everything. However, we each get a certain amount per week, per month that we can spend on ourselves. And if we don't spend that whole amount, then the next month when the next payment goes in, it essentially accumulates and you can use it for something bigger down the road, like a trip or a pair of shoes or whatever it is. So that's another strategy for some people that do want to have all of their money going into one spot. 
Either way, whether you're joining your finances all in or whether you're using the percentage model or the 50% model, either way, you should be having a monthly money date where you review your spending and saving for the month, what went well, what could use improvement, and talking about it amongst your partners and saying how much you guys appreciate each other, what you're going to be doing better next month, and where you can tighten the screws on your spending. So I hope this was helpful, and if you liked this episode, make sure that you download it, come back to it later, revisit it, talk about it with your partner, send it to your partner, or send it to a friend. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.